What's going on, Cheat Code Sports Fantasy Football Podcast listeners? You got Kevin Stevie P coming at you. What's going on, Steve? What's going on, Kev? What's going on, world? What's going on, everyone? So it's Friday. We're going to get into these game previews. Uh, that's pretty much going to be it for the podcast. You know, it's going to be last week was long. We figured out a way to shorten it up a little bit. So uh gonna be a good podcast uh, uh, but before we do that we want to remind you to check us out on the website www.cheatcodesports.com that's www.cheatcodesports.com we have our rankings up there we have articles that come out weekly streaming defenses week uh wide receiver cornerback matchups dfs article a buy sell article we a waiver wire article we have tons of information with these articles uh we have the cheat codes up there and we have the player projections so take a look at it uh give us some feedback and tell us what you think all right guys so let's get into these game breakdowns shall we all right so what we're gonna do guys what we kind of came up with is we are going to do what's called the four minute roundup so we are going to put a timer on for four minutes uh and Basically, just give you as much info as we can about the game. We'll get into you know different players we like in the matchups and stuff like that. Uh, you know, kind of some of the the obvious names we may not discuss as much. You know, for instance, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, you know, this week or you know Derek Henry. Like, we're not going to get into those guys. You're starting them every week, so there's no point in us talking about them. Um, you know, at least going in depth about them. So we'll just you know we're going to have a four minute roundup. Well, and at the end of the four minutes, you will hear a loud buzzer. And when that goes on, we will stop. There it is. <laughs> so when that hap- when you hear that, we will stop what we're doing and move on to the next game. Uh, just a way of us, you know, keeping the podcast short because last week kept definitely was a little long. And, and Steve and I do have a tendency to ramble, so <laughs> this buzzer will keep us under control. You ain't lying. <laughs> All right, guys, so the first game is the Bills and Dolphins. Um, so I guess the question I'll ask about this one is how does these corner how do these corners for Miami affect the Bills receivers? And did you start the clock, Steve? Yes, I did. All right. Okay. So I definitely think it affects them. Um Stefan Diggs is still gonna get his. I mean, Stefan gets his against the best corners in the league. So I do think that Stefan Diggs is still going to be targeted. I still think he's going to have catches. I don't think he's going to have a big game. I also don't see a big game from John Brown, um, you know, because when you look at the Dolphins roster, you know, Byron Jones, Xavier and Howard, they're both, you know, very good cover corners. Byron Jones is, you know, questionably one of the best man-to-man cover corners in the league. Um, he gets burnt a little bit on non individual assignments, but I don't really think that there's going to be non-individual assignments this week. I think Xavier Howard is going to play Stefan Diggs, and I think Byron Jones is going to be on John Brown, and that's going to be a moving around. No matter where John Brown goes, you're going to see, you know, Byron Jones following him around. So for me, you know, it definitely downgrades them more, more John Brown than it does uh, Stefan Diggs, because like I said, Stefan Diggs is one of the best route runners in the league, and, you know, they're going to want to limit him uh, to 
not getting long plays, but I still think he's going to get his catches. You know, to me, you know, it's going to be a dump over the middle to Cole Beasley a lot, you know, some short passes to, to Diggs, a lot of running game. You know, we saw what the Patriots did last week to them. So I think there's going to be a huge, you know, factor of the running game. I could see Josh Allen getting very involved this week in the running game to, you know, try to do similar to what the Patriots did last week, which was very effective against these against these Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I definitely think it's going to affect them. Uh, so I actually have Diggs at 26. I have John Brown at 35. So uh, obviously, you know, Diggs is a flex play. Um, John, John Brown's still a potential flex play. I doubt you need him um, at this point. But, you know, to me, you know, I, I love these corners for Miami. Uh, you know, as far as the running backs go for um, – uh, for Miami, it's just, it's kind of like, you know, I don't want to, uh, Slim Pickens is not the right one, but it's kind of not the right term, but, you know, it's just like, what are you going to do here? Do you start Singletary? Do you start Moss? Neither was good last week. Obviously, you know, people were drafting Singletary higher than Moss got a little bit more, you know, just, you know, started shooting up, uh, started shooting up draft boards and, and kind of, you know, started, basically taking more of the love away. And this was like really just, you know, for the first game, a, a dual one-two punch that was not very successful in week one. So, you know, I I would expect to see it a little bit better against Miami because, you know, if you're going to beat Miami, obviously with those corners, you're going to want to run the football a little bit more. So I can see both of those guys having a good game and Josh Allen, you know, having to take off. Maybe Josh Allen gets, you know, 60 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Uh, to help his cause this week. Um, from Miami's side of the ball, uh, man, I mean, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm, not, I don't think I'm starting anybody on Miami. Yeah, Here. I'm probably gonna stay away from Miami Dolphins this week. Yeah, you don't want the receivers against against this secondary. You know what I mean? Uh, Gasecki was not very successful in Week One. Um, you know, the running backs, like I know a lot of people were excited about Miles Gaskin and picking him up. I think Jordan Howard was banged up in week one and Gaskin saw a lot of work, but I don't want Miles Gaskin, you know, uh, maybe in the deepest of leagues you go get Miles Gaskin. But if you're in a regular 12 team league, I don't think there's any need for Gaskin. All right, so on to the next game. It is the Jets and the Niners. So, we're basically not starting anybody from the Jets, especially now Jamison Crowder was ruled out in this game. So, with him out, there's actually, really... There actually is one Jet that I would start. Chris Chris Herndon is a guy that I would definitely start. I think he's probably going to be the focal point of this offense, to, you know, in the mm-hmm. passing game because, you know, I think they don't really have anybody else. He's really their only playmaker, you know what I mean? You have... Mm-hmm. You know, you have a couple of guys on this team that, you know, are banged up. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, you know, Jamison Crowder is not going to play. You know, Brashad Perryman is is going to play, and we don't know what the hell we're going to get out of him. And also, you know, Chris Hogan, we don't know what the hell we're going to get out of him. So, to me, you know, Herndon is a guy that I would play because I do think he's going to get a bunch of targets. So, if you have Chris Herndon and you have a, another option that you're like, eh, you know, I would, I would definitely go Chris Herndon just because sheer volume. All right, and then from the Niners side of the ball, like this could be a good week for Jimmy G on uh, in, in in you know in daily fantasy, you know against this defense. Uh, he's probably pretty cheap. Um, 
but you know, I don't think you're ready to start Jimmy G yet in, in you know regular leagues. Um, you know, Brandon Ayuk comes back. I don't think you're ready to really start him. So, you know, Kittle's out. We talked about, you know, uh, Steve talked about in daily yesterday, Jordan Reed and Jordan Reed may not be a bad pickup if you need a tight end, especially, especially if you have Kittle, you know, go out and get Jordan Reed because I think he could see a good amount of targets in this game. Um, and like I said, I think Raheem Mostert is in for a huge game this week. And I do think that Jarek McKinnon is going to be highly involved. And, but honestly, I think you could start McKinnon as a flex. Yep. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a situation where you don't, you can't rely on Trent Kendrick Bourne. You know, Brandon Ayuk, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. Trent Taylor, you know, he, he gets open, but, you know, he's not very – he's not going to get a whole bunch of yards, so you're kind of the dink and dunk role on this offense. So, to me, you know, Jordan Reed is the one guy that we do know has some athleticism and can get out and, you know, in space and make, make some plays in the passing game. So, it would not surprise me if Jordan Reed, you know, actually has a big role in this game – uh, with Jimmy G not having his full allotment of targets. Yeah. I'm actually really upset about that because I had one of my money leagues. I have Austin Hooper as my tight end. Cause I waited and literally like I have, you know, John Smith was in my other option. I would have started John but I actually dropped John to pick up James Robinson who was on the waiver wire. Uh, and that was before week one. So I basically was stuck in a in a dilemma yesterday where I had to start Hooper and you know not knowing Kittle was out but I would have loved to pick up Jordan Reed and start him over Hooper cuz we obviously saw what Hooper gave us um yep yeah anything about this game else you know we how much time we still got some time left yeah we uh, still got like a about a minute, a little over a minute oh not a little less than a minute but okay. uh Raheem Mostert Jarek McKinnon are two guys that I'm I'm you know I'm definitely starting Raheem Mostert that's an every week start for, for me I, I just think he is yeah, yeah. you know has the most upside on this team and you know I want the main running back for the 49ers and then Jarek McKinnon is a guy that you know could be a sneaky flex play you know with due to all the injuries that we've had in the NFL so far there's been a lot of injuries you know AJ Brown going down and you know Sutton not playing and there's a bunch of guys not playing right now Kenny that Galladay Kenny out. Galladay out you know there's a lot of you know George Kittle out you know and you could be using Kittle as a flex there's just a, there's a lot of guys that are hurt and you know with them all being hurt it could be a situation where Jarek McKinnon sees a whole lot of passing work because they need they need pass catchers in this offense and we all know that Jarek yeah. McKinnon is a guy that you know has that ability Great timing, Steve. So we are going to move on to the Denver Broncos and the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. So, um, you know, from the Denver side of the ball, I'm, I mean, Melvin Gordon, what, what are your thoughts on starting Melvin Gordon? I have him at 22. I think he has to, you have to start him at this point because he, you know, with Philip Lindsay, probably not playing, you know, he, he's kind of quite pretty sure Lindsay's questionable, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. So I mean, I haven't seen him ruled out yet, but I know he's dealing with the turf toe. So you know, but we saw also with this off with this defense did to Saquon Barkley. They actually, just I'm just reading it now. Philip Lindsay is out for the game. Okay, so he is actually out. So with Melvin Gordon being the only guy, is he still in your lineup with the, what we saw the Pittsburgh defense do to Saquon last week? Um, I do think the Broncos' offensive line is a little bit better than the. Giants, Giants offensive line, especially in the run blocking game. Uh, so I do think that I am feeling comfortable with 
you know, Melvin Gordon, especially with no Lindsey, if that makes sense, because now I do think he's going to be a whole lot more involved in the game in general. And he's already a guy that can pass catch. You know, uh, this team is going to struggle to, you know, move the ball, I think. And Melvin Gordon is a guy that if he gets into space, he can create some problems, some mismatches with linebackers on him. So I do think like this game plan needs to be a, you know, a dink and dyke, eh, dink and dyke, a dink and dunk type type game plan. And with that being the case, I do think Melvin Gordon gets utilized in the passing game. And, you know, I like Melvin this week. Yeah, um, that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't th- I wouldn't feel comfortable starting Jerry Judy in this game, you know, uh, Drew Locke, um, you know, uh, Noah Fant, I do believe, you know, uh, I do believe as a starter, if you saw what Evan Ingram did, I mean, he, he was getting a ton of targets. He wasn't necessarily successful on those targets, but, you know, I, I think that Noah Fant proved that, you know, he is a capable starting option and, you know, probably, you know, probably will be in lineups going forward. Um, and Sutton, you know, if he plays, you know, I mean, I would throw him out there as a flex potentially, but I wouldn't be excited about it. I would definitely look at other options if I had Sutton first week back against this defense. I'm not excited about that. Uh, from Pittsburgh side of the ball, what are your thoughts on big Ben against this Denver secondary? Uh, I think big Ben, you know, so Pittsburgh is going to be at home in this game, and we Big Ben has a track record at home. We all know what Big Ben's track record is in Pittsburgh, so I'm not really scared to start Big Ben this week. I think Big Ben, you know, has just as much upside really as as anybody. You know what I mean? He always plays good at home. You know what I mean? He's to me, he's almost I don't want to say matchup proof, but he's pretty close. You know what I mean? Like. There's yeah. not really a weakness on this team. I mean, you got Juju, you got Deontay Johnson. We both know that they're good wide receivers. James Washington is is very, another a very good wide receiver. I li- I like him a lot. I think he gets almost no credit when he should. Uh, and I, you know, so I like what I see from them this team. And Eric Ebron, you know, if he ever starts utilizing him, could be a weapon for this team. We saw him get open deep uh, they against. They don't use the tight end. Yeah, ends. they don't use the tight end, but <laughs> in. Except in games, maybe in the red zone. Yeah. In games where you might need, a, you know, uh, another target, he does have the target. So it doesn't really scare me, you know, using this these Pittsburgh Steelers. I like Big Ben this week. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish that they would have said, you know, forget James Conner, get healthy for a week, and let's see what Benny Snell has. But it looks like Conner's going to play. Um, I'm not excited about starting Conner. Uh, you know, just knowing what, you know, the track record is with him. You know, I mean, he he could literally go out there for, you know, two drives and realize he's you know not 100 percent and decide to hang it up. And then you're left with what a, a three, <laughs> you know, yeah. for for like so. So to me, it's just a little sketchy throwing Connor out there. Um, and I don't think if Connor's there, you can throw Benny Snell in your lineup. So I'm just maybe I would feel comfortable if Connor was my flex. But, I you know. Just somebody I'm not excited about throwing in my lineup because of the injury situation and what we know from him in the past. Yeah, you know, to me, him coming off an injury is super scary. I mean, he needs to do a whole game, play a whole game for me to be confident putting him in my lineup. And uh, Connor, you know, and Benny Snell looked better. Let's be honest, he looked better playing last week. So it's yep. one of those situations where, you know, I'll I'll I'd rather just sit and wait and watch. Yep. 
Damn, we didn't get into the wide receivers, but I was curious about Deontay Johnson. That'll have to wait until next week, though. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, so next game is Minnesota and Indianapolis. All right, so, um, you know, we talked about Phillip Rivers as a sneaky, you know, DFS play. Um, If you need a quarterback situation, streaming quarterback, I think that Phillip Rivers is a good play. You know, we talked about Naeem Hines and and Jonathan Taylor both being effective running backs. Um, I have them both ranked in the top, uh, you know, where do I have Taylor? I have them both top 20 this week. So, you know, I think that, you know, this this offense is going to be good because I have T.Y. Uh, Hilton at 17, you know, and I think that Paris Campbell is one of the, you know, most under probably one of the better underrated starts of the week, you know, putting him in your flex. I th- I really do think this uh, Colts offense will eat in this game. And with Jack Doyle being ruled out, don't be surprised if you see a Moali Cox touchdown. Just calling it now, Mogali Cox touchdown. Yeah, um, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. I don't think <laughs> Mogali Cox scores against this. This, this, the one thing that the Minnesota Vikings do probably, if you really look at the numbers better than any other team, is shut down the tight end. Like tight ends don't score against Minnesota. It's like very mm-hmm. rare that they they have touchdowns. Oop. Four of their games, though, are against Green Bay and Chicago. Oh yeah, that's so. true. Yeah, they definitely don't have, don't play the best of defense or you know best of offenses with the tight end so. positions. But you know, I still you know I, these these you know these safeties on this Minnesota Vikings team and Harrison and and Harris are you know two of the best. And I'm you know to me I I, I think the way to attack this team is through the the corners. So, you know, I love Paris Campbell, you know, like Kev said, I love T.Y. Hilton, you know, this week, um, you know, I I actually wouldn't be surprised, you know, I know Michael Pittman Jr. is is a little banged up, but if he gets some run in this game, I wouldn't be surprised if he scores, you know, as a big body in this, you know, on this team. So I like both of those guys. I like Jonathan Taylor, I like Naeem Hines, I like Phillip Rivers this week, you know, to me, it's all, all go with the Colts offense. Yeah, and from Minnesota side of the ball, you're literally only starting Cook and and uh, Thielen. Like I, I mean, it, it just it's crazy that there's really nothing else to say about Minnesota <laughs> and their offense. I mean, you know, Cousins has been Cousins is always one of those spot starts here and there. If you you know if he he could always blow up and have one of those 300 yard passing games, but you know with this. You know, with this team, they want to run the football. And once they run the football, they're going to focus on getting the ball to their ex receiver and Thielen. So, you know, it's basically just Coke and Thielen. That's what you're relying on from from Minnesota side of the ball. And there's no other explanation. You know, there's no other way to go in any detail. I think Cook could be pretty good. I think Thielen could be pretty good. Uh, Thielen, especially. We saw what, you know, what Jacksonville was able to do last week. Um, you know, in the passing game, you know, Gardner Minshew was 95% completion percentage and, and three touchdowns. Um, he only threw the ball 20 times, but he was able to, you know, get the ball to to his receivers. And, you know, I do think that Adam Thielen is capable of having a big week. Yeah, I have a feeling that the Minnesota Vikings, we have like 45 seconds. I'm going to get this in quick. Uh, I have a feeling that Justin Jefferson makes a sighting in this game. Um, I just think... After watching what BC Johnson did last week, he wasn't very good. BC Johnson had trouble getting open. He had a couple, you know, bringing in passes when he was throwing the ball. Uh, I think more and more they they need to 
acclimate Justin Jefferson into the game plan. So I could see Justin Jefferson, you know, as early as this week, start getting some extra targets. And I really eh, got buzzed off. But, yeah, I would really like to see what he does. All right. All right. Next game up is the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans. All right, guys. So from the Titans side of the ball, um, I think, you know, Steve, what you said, yeah, I think what you said yesterday kind of kind of rang true. Like, I don't know how, you know, how good of a game it's going to be for for Tannehill, especially with no A.J. Brown. He was already ruled out. So, you know, I think this is a huge Derrick Henry game. Um, Corey Davis is definitely a flex, you know, a potential flex play if you pick him off off the waiver wire, especially after what we saw last week and no A.J. Brown. And, you know, John U. Smith could obviously see more work with no A.J. Brown. But, you know, th- this could literally be, be a game where the Titans throw the ball 15 to 20 times and Derrick Henry sees 35 carries and they just ram it down to the Jaguars' throat. <laughs> yeah. I think this is going to be a heavy dose of, of definitely Derrick Henry down their throat. And, uh, you know, Corey Davis, I – after watching, I watched the game on, um, you know, the Jaguar side of the ball last last week on defense because I was just wondering what Philip Rivers was the hell he was doing because AJ Henderson had an interception in this game. AJ Henderson was actually really really good in this game. He, whenever he guarded, mean it's CJ Henderson. CJ Henderson. I'm sorry, CJ Henderson. CJ Henderson was really really good in this game. He he shut down Ty every time he was on him. Like CJ couldn't. CJ was just completely dominating T.Y. Uh, and whoever else he was on, he basically dominated. He had an interception in that game. He had a, a pass defensed. You know, he was he was flying around. And I, I said this when they drafted him that I really liked this kid. And I think that was, you know, to me, where they got him, I thought he was the best. I thought he was the best corner in the draft. I, I You know, I really liked what I saw from, you know, C.J. In, in, in college. So, you know, I really liked C.J. He played extremely well now, you know, last week. And, you know, I think they're going to try to attack Trey Herndon. So I could see Adam Humphreys, you know, in your deepest of, you know, games, you know, going and get and trying out, see what Adam Humphreys gives you in this game, because I do think he's going to get more targets than, than Corey Davis. I know Corey Davis had a bad, you know, big week last week, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they put CJ Henderson on, on uh, Corey Davis to try to eliminate that and just make them one dimensional, you know, one dimensional against the Jaguars is seem to work for Derrick Henry pretty often. So I don't know how that's going to work for them, but I do think they're going to try it. Corey Davis versus Adam Humphreys. We got a, we got a little side bet. Mm, <laughs> no, cause I don't like Humphrey that much, <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he, you know, outscores Corey Davis. All right. And from the Jaguars side of the ball, like, all right, so, uh, you know, um, James Robinson is a potential flex, but I hope you have better options on your team. You know, I, I have better options. Yeah, uh, you know, he's a potential flex if you need to because he's probably going to get a ton of work. Um, can't start Chris Thompson. You know, he was a big guy last week. Everybody thought we were going to go crazy, but, you know, obviously they didn't have the – you know they were they were winning, so they didn't have to pass the ball as much. Uh, and DJ Chark, I mean, I want to see more than three targets from DJ Chark, so he's a little scary. He's still, you know, I have him at twenty, but he still scares me a little bit uh, in this one. Um, you know, as well as the other receivers. We only got five seconds, so we got 
I'm starting Dark Chark and Lavisca Chanel. I, I like them both. I, with these corners hurt, I, I like what's going on there. All right. So Dallas and Atlanta is the next game. So we have, you know, obviously you're starting everybody. Uh, <laughs> everybody. Like, I, I don't think be we nice and quick. Like, yeah, you're starting everybody the, in this game. It yeah, really move on is. to the next one. Um, no, I'm, I'm like, you know, Dak, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, uh, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari uh, Cooper, if you have all those guys. Dalton Schultz um, is the only person I'm not starting on, on the Cowboys offense. Yes. And then from the Atlanta side of the ball, you know, Matt Ryan is a starter. Uh, Todd Gurley is a starter. Julio, Calvin Ridley. Uh, and, you know, I, I said I, I like Hayden Hurst this week. I think Hurst is going to kind of make up for last week because last week his matchup was just not very not as good, you know, with Jamal Adams guarding him. But Russell Gage, obviously, you know, as, as a low, cheap option in daily fantasy, from what we saw last week, he's you know definitely an option. I wouldn't play him in, in season-long fantasy, in season-long games, but – you know, everybody in this, like this, this could be one of the highest scoring games of the week, maybe the highest scoring game of the week. I think every Falcons game honestly could be. Yep. I agree. I mean, Matt Ryan's a great start. Todd Gurley's a great start. Julio Jones, a great start. Calvin Ridley's a great start. I would even start Russell Grage in your flex in this game. Um, you know, Hayden Hurst, I'm still not sold. You know, I know we saw a good night, really nice catch from him last week, but you know, I just, uh, to me, Hayden Hurst. Uh, Where do you have Hurst ranked this week? I have him outside my top, my top twelve. Uh, I'll bring it up right now, but I'll continue talking then, we'll, so we don't waste time. But um, yeah, I to me, everybody but the two tight ends, I'm starting in this game, and I like I like them all. I think they're all you know very safe. Yeah, I actually have Hurst at ten. I, I like I said, I, I've been higher on Hurst. I think that this week he is a good start you know, in your lineups. Um, there really is not much to add. Like it's just, you know, I have Zeke at number two. I have Julio at number two. Like, you know, both of those guys could have huge weeks. You know, I mean, this is definitely uh, one game where you want to get as many DFS plays in as you can. Mm, yes, sir. I agree. So I'm pulling up my ranks now. We still have a whole 47 seconds. No, actually, yeah, 47 seconds for this game. So we got a lot of plenty of time. So I will pull up my ranks, and I have Hayden Hurst at 14. I'm outside of my top 12. So my top, I'll say bottom eight. So I have Jared Cook, Hunter Henry, Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, and John Smith. I was just going to ask who you have. Do you have Noah Fant or Hayden Hurst? Yeah, I have Noah Fant, Fant one Pittsburgh. spot ahead of – no, two spots. Two spots ahead of uh, Hayden Hurst. Just because of Cortland Sutton, we don't know if he's going to play. Uh, yeah. If he does play, then I'm probably going to move him down just one to and put Jonu Smith over top of him. Uh, mm -hmm. But those guys are, like, interchangeable to me. Yeah. So And you would start Jonu Smith over over uh, Hayden Hurst this mm -hmm. week? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I would. Pro I'm probably going to move. I would probably move J Johnu Smith up at this point uh, with the news to AJ AJ Brown. Brown yeah, yeah, in my opinion. So that that one I probably would do. But you know, I, other other options. You know, 
I have TJ Hawkinson behind Hayden Hurst in this game. Uh, you know, maybe that changes as well, honestly, could be due to the fact that Kenny Galladay is going to be out. So, yeah, uh, maybe Hayden Hurst does drop a couple spots for me because of the injuries. Yep. All right. So our next game is the Philadelphia Eagles and the Los Angeles Rams. All right. So what are you doing with Carson Wentz? So last week, you guys heard me say I really don't like Carson Wentz. Um, I think that, you know, Carson Wentz is a guy that, you know, his offensive line is banged up and he has a lot of things going on and blah, 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 blah. And he was mishmashed by the Philadelphia media. Like all week, we've heard nothing. We're from the Philadelphia area. And literally all week, we've heard nothing but. Carson Wentz bashing over and over. So I'm going to flip the switch and say that Carson Wentz actually has a very good game in this game. Uh, I do believe this game is going to be a little hot more high scoring than most people think because LA is traveling all the way to Philly. And because of that, I think that Philly has an advantage. You know, I always say that guys traveling, you know, cross country to play other teams. And literally that's almost as cross country as you can get, you know, LA all the way to Philadelphia. And I do think that, you know, Carson Wentz is going to be able to take advantage of that. Uh, I saw a not so good Jalen Ramsey last week. Like I, I was actually surprised how bad he played. He was not very good in that game. Um, and Jalen Rager, if you guys watched the game last week, he was two overthrows away from having one of the biggest games we've ever seen from a rookie wide receiver. You know what I mean? He could have had 200 and (laughs) yeah, I mean, in his first game, because if you, if you notice the first, the first overthrow, he caught the 55 yard bomb. The very next overthrow that he had would have been a 63 yard touchdown. And then the last overthrow, which would have been another touchdown, would have been another 53-yard touchdown. So you're talking about if he catches those three balls, ain't nobody catching him. He was like he out he outran the defense by four yards. You know what I mean? With his speed, that he would have scored on both of those plays. You're talking about a guy who probably would have been closer to 160, 170 yards total offense and two touchdowns. You know, I just think they they have something in this kid. And, you know, with Deshaun Jackson on the other side, you can't focus on either one of those guys. You kind of have to play them. You have to play them deep all the time because they can score from anywhere. So I like Carson Wentz a lot this week. And I, you know, I'm, I think he probably, I think he is definitely a top 12 guy this week. Yeah. I have Carson Wentz at 11. I have not fallen that far from him. Um, Miles Sanders, I have at 11 also in the running back position. Um, you know, I'm more focusing on the tight ends in the passing game. I would start both tight ends. Uh, you know, I have both tight ends in my top 10 um, receivers. I am not as high on. Um, obviously, if I had to pick one, I would go at Rager just from what we saw in week one. I don't know if the Deshaun Jackson thing was kind of like a uh, undisclosed disciplinary thing for his comments, you know, uh, you know, back when he did the, you know, said the, the Jewish, you know, the, the anti-Jewish thing or anti-Semitism things. But, you know, I don't know if that was, you know, kind of an undisclosed thing, but, uh, you know, going into this week, I like Rager more. And from the, um, 
Ram side of the ball, I like Jared Goff as well. I have Goff at nine. Um, this is not a defense that you run on, so they're going to have to throw the ball. Like Malcolm Brown is actually outside of my top, you know, uh, thirty. This yeah, he's number thirty for me this week, and you know how good he was and how high I was on him this week. But this is not the week that you want to pick up Malcolm or you know ride Malcolm Brown because Philly's defense is always as good against the run. That's kind of a staple of Jim Schwartz. But both of these receivers are very startable. And like Steve's been touting all week, Tyler Higby is is a very good start. Yep. Love Tyler Higby. Love Jared Goff. Um, Malcolm Brown, I do think – I think he'll do a little something. I mean, he's definitely not a starter for me. But if you need a flex play and you have a bunch of injuries, you know, like we talked about earlier, a bunch of guys on injury, I would throw him in your flex. Um, Cooper Cup, I think this is, you know – the makeup game for last week because last week he was you know not very utilized and I think this week he definitely will be utilized because I think the way to attack this Eagles defense is through the middle of the field. Uh, so you know Tyler Higby, Cooper Cup, it's his old teammate with Nicole Ro- Nicole Roby Coleman in the in the yeah, slot. Right? So you know I I like I like these guys and I do think that this is going to be a higher scoring game. So I like I like both of these offense really. I, I think this is going to be a higher scoring game than a lot of people believe especially because what they saw from the Cowboys and, and Rams last week. I think a lot of people think this is going to be a lower-scoring game, and and I do not agree with those people. Yeah, I actually do. I think it's going to be lower-scoring. All right, so on to the next game. It is the Giants and the Bears. Man, it looks like a lot of 1 o'clock games. I hate that. Yeah. Like, like spread the games out like a little yeah. bit. Just they, should always, you know, they should literally – I'm not kidding. They should have at least five – four o'clock games yeah Always. even if even if you got to move some some of some of the east coast games but we're getting into this giants we're cutting into the giants and bears no i i, I start, start the clock as soon as we start actually talking i was about gonna players. say we could have been talking about this for a minute and still <laughs> yeah. would have been wrapped yeah. up the giants and bears no problem exactly um so saquon obviously you're still starting him you know this is a good defense you know we saw what happened last week so you might have to temper expectations, but you know you're never taking Saquon out of your starting lineup. Nope. Um, the Giants receivers. Which one are you comfortable? Is it still is Slayton your your most comfortable receiver? <sighs> to me, it depends. Okay, and I'll answer this two ways. So, if there is no Golden Tate because he's still questionable, they haven't figured out if he's going to be out yet. If there's no Golden Tate, then yes, I like Darius Slayton. If there is Golden Tate, I think that will create a lot more looks for Golden Tate and take a little bit away from Darius Slayton, if that makes sense. Because I think Daniel Jones, a lot of the sacks that Daniel Jones took last week was because guys were not getting open quickly. And the one thing that Golden Tate does better than 95% of slot receivers is get open quickly. Uh, so that will kind of force you know Daniel Jones' hand to throw him the ball a little bit more, which is why I really like, you know, I like Golden Tate if he plays in this game because uh, I think that's a winning matchup for him, you know, against like, you know, Alex Barr. I just I just think, you know, he can win that matchup. So I like Golden Tate a lot this week if he does play. Uh, But Darius Slayton to me is hinging on, you know, contingent on Darius Slayton and Golden Tate, you know, locked up together. Yeah. Um, And from Chicago side of the ball, you know, 
Montgomery, I think, is a good flex play this week. You know, or if you need, if you waited on RB and you got him as your RB two, I think you can throw him in there and he'll be fine. Um, same thing with Tariq Cohen. Honestly, I think they're going to utilize him a little more. It did worry me that they were using Cordell Patterson so much. Like when I watched the game, it seemed like Cordell Patterson was getting a good amount of work, and that just worries me for these for these running backs. But I do think, like, I just don't get it. Two years ago, like. They were successful getting the ball in Tariq Cohen's hands in space and letting him make plays. Why do they not think that's a good idea anymore? <laughs> Why? Yeah, like they honestly, just don't. I don't think the offensive line is as good as it was two years ago. So if you remember that offensive line was pretty good two years ago. Yeah. And you know, I I think that you know back then you had uh, uh, what was his name uh, Long Son. Um, yeah. Uh, um, what was it? Not Chris. It was. Uh, uh, Oh man, you guys know who I'm talking about. But yeah. you know, he he was a better pulling guard than what they have now. So getting those like the screen game really is contingent on offensive line being able to get upfield while throwing those those screens to the running back, allowing them to get, you know, some good blocking. And I do think this offensive line is a little bit hindered in that aspect, which is why they don't use Tyreek Hill, you know, Tyreek Cohen uh, as much in that capacity, but they definitely need to get him in the ball in space. Like just quick passes, get the ball in his hands, let him do something. Yeah. And honestly, I have Tariq Cohen at 35. So more than likely you have better options to throw into your flex spot. Um, and obviously Allen Robinson is, is, you know, one of the stars of the week, you know, I have him at number six. Um, and I think, um, Anthony Miller, it could be a good flex play this week. If you're looking, if you, you know, need a flex, he wasn't, you know, overly used last week. We talked about this. I think he got four or five targets. He caught three balls or I think it was four for 76, but you know, one of them was that 27 yard touchdown at the end of the game. Before that, he really wasn't used. It would have been like three for 47 and, and you would have been, you know, we would have been upset about that, but this is another great matchup against the Giants D. And, you know, if you're looking for somebody to start in your flex, I think Anthony Miller is another guy you can probably look at and feel safe. Yeah. I don't know. Do you remember what the Chicago Bears defense was was in FanDuel? I don't remember. This uh, is a defense that I actually am going to use a lot this week. I started looking at it again of defenses like in the middle tiers, and I love – the Bears defense this week because I watched that Giants game and actually a buddy pointed it out to me. Mike uh, pointed it out to me and he was like, you know, Cameron Fleming is horrible. He's terrible. He sucks. And I was like, I got to watch this game again to see, you know, what the hell he did. And that dude got beat like a drum. My man had an open for business sign on him all day long and was just allowing everyone to get to the quarterback. And uh, I liked it. Ah, we got buzzed. So, you know, I, the Bears just, are four thousand in fan. Okay, four thousand. So that's a higher price price defense, but still, you they're know, actually I, one of the they're middle of the pack on yeah. here. So but, you know, I would definitely consider them definitely. All right. So next game, another one o'clock game: Detroit and Green Bay. All right. So in this one, you know, Aaron Rodgers definitely start startable. You know, um, Aaron Jones. I'm talking about him. I think he's going to see a much better game this week. Um, and Deon Devontae Adams is my number one receiver. I'm pretty sure he's Steve's number one receiver as well. Mm -hmm. um, so from the Green Bay side of the ball, it's pretty much it. I mean, I'm not comfortable starting MVS or Alan Lazard in my flexes flex yet or, you know, making them startable options. You know, Jamal Williams, you know, I 
think AJ Dillon saw some time as well, but neither one of those guys are entering your starting lineup. You know, you're basically just Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, and that's really all you can feel safe with at this point um, until some until you see a little bit more, you know, com- get a little more confidence in MVS or, or Lazard. Yeah, um, I think Adams lot- is going to have a yeah, monster he- game. Desmond Trufant this week, dude, he's going to have the same game he had last week. I yeah. get him in your DFS get him in lineups. Every DFS yeah, lineup. literally like have Devontae Adams in every one of your DFS lineups. Trust me, you will not regret it. Um, and then we have the Detroit Lions, uh, Matthew Stafford. Um, this week I have him at 15. Where do you have Stafford this week? I have Matthew Stafford at I actually may 15. drop him. I have him okay. at 15, exactly. I may drop him. I thought Galladay honestly was going to play. I'm surprised Galladay is not playing. So yeah. um, that probably pushes Marvin Jones up for me into 24. So I probably would think Marvin Jones is a good start this week. Um, you know, maybe you know, maybe a, a wide receiver two or a flex. You probably starting him in your flex unless you had Galladay and did the friendship strategy. Mm-hmm. But uh, from the running back spot, are you comfortable starting any of these running backs? Uh, Green Bay's rush defense last year. Obviously, we talked about you know adding Kersky and getting a little better, but their rush defense, you know, has. Uh, it, weren't doing anything too much about with Dalvin Cook last week. Obviously, he's one of the best running backs in the league. But what about with AP, Carrion, DeAndre Swift? Are you comfortable starting any one of these guys? No, not this week. Uh, like I said, like, you know, last week they gave up the touchdown to Dalvin Cook. They gave up some some yards to Alexander Madison. Um, but neither one of those guys was like, you know, Alexander Madison actually had a good game. I mean, his his limited touches, he was actually running well. But um, Alexander Madison, I'm, I'm retarded. Uh, Aaron Jones, I'm sorry. Um, no, Alexander Madison. Alexander Madison uh, had a pretty good game last week uh, running the ball against this Green Bay Packers defense. But Christian Kirksey is, like I said, he's the real deal, man. He was he was in there a lot making some plays. And, you know, I mean, the one guy that I don't think people talk about enough is Zadarius Smith. Zadarius Smith is awesome, and he was hurt for most of last season. I know the Packers, um, you know, were a horrible run defense, but you got to remember, they didn't have Zadarius Smith last year, and that dude was all over the field in that first game. So I do think the Lions are going to have some trouble running the ball in this game. Um, Without Kenny Galladay, I think that makes them, you know, I think Matthew Stafford's going to try to throw the ball around the yard, but there's nobody that this team is going to be scared of. I mean, Jerry Alexander and and, and, uh, Kevin King can cover, you know, Marvin Jones and and, uh, Danny Amendola or, you know, know, Quintez Cephas. Like, those are guys they're not, they're not scared. They're not scared to cover those two, you know, those three guys. Like, those are guys that... You know, they could cover with ease, really, if you ask me. So, you know, to me, I think they are going to try to completely eliminate this running game, knowing that AP played so well last week. You know, I just I just think that the Green Bay Packers way to eliminate, you know, this offense is going to be to try to completely eliminate the run game and let Matthew Stafford try to beat them with this not the best group of wide receivers without Kenny Galladay. TJ Hawkinson could be really good though. Yeah, TJ Hawkinson, like I like I said, you know, he's one of the guys I could probably move ahead of Hayden Hurst. 
Um, but, you know, yeah, t- I think TJ Hawkinson's probably a pretty good start in this game. Um, you know, outside of that, I mean, that's pretty much it. This this game's pretty, pretty cut and dry. You know, Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson – and Aaron Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. I think you have five startable players in this game. Yep. And what do you know? Another one o'clock game. Carolina <laughs> and Tampa Bay. Uh all right. So Carolina Tampa Bay. Does Tom Brady bounce back against against Tampa Bay this week? Hell yeah. Against yes, Carolina. He does. Yes, he does. <laughs> Tom Brady. Okay, so check it out. Like, I am not a Tom Brady fan. I am a Buffalo Bills fan. I despise Tom Brady. But if there's one thing that you can look at from Tom Brady is after he has a week one loss, the very next week, he goes bananas. He, I was looking at the stats today and it's something ridiculous. It's something like in his last, in the past, however many years, I, you know, 19 years that he's been a starter for like the last 10, he's lost. I think it was like three, I think it was three opening season games of those three games. He went for over 300 yards and three touchdowns in the next game in every one of the next games. So to me, Tom Brady is probably pissed off about that that way he played in that game, and it would not surprise me if Tom Brady makes Mike Evans a thing, makes Scotty Miller a thing, makes O.J. Howard a thing. Like, these guys just go off and dominate this Carolina Panthers team that if you watched last week, the Raiders basically did what they wanted against this team, and, you know, it was not a whole lot of, you know, Henry Ruggs was literally looking like a, a Pro Bowl, you know, perennial pro bowler against this team before he got hurt. So I, I really like, you know, Tom Brady this week and I like this whole Buccaneers offense. Yeah. It looks like Mike or Chris Godwin is going to, you know, right now he's doubtful. He's been in the concussion protocol, but did he practice? I I thought he practiced today. No, they said they tried to get him out there and he couldn't go. He's uh, in the concussion protocol and, you know, they, they were not allowed to, you know, bring him out because of uh, something that he didn't pass a test or some symptom that he showed that, you know, they're not allowed to allow him to play. Oh, okay. So more than likely, it looks like Godwin is not going to be out there to play. So Mike Evans could have a field day. Scotty Miller, a potential flex play this week. You know, I've been pumping him up since the before the season. Um, this guy who got, I think, eight targets in the game the other day. Um and I like OJ Howard too. We, you know, Tom Brady was looking for OJ Howard uh, the other day. You know, in that game, he looked for him more than he was looking for Gronk, and Gronk looked really old and slow. For so, him. yeah, you know, in my opinion, I think I think you know OJ Howard could be potentially a good play this week if you're looking for a tight end. Um, from Carolina's side of the ball, you're basically starting you know McCaffrey and, and DJ Moore, and it doesn't really go there. I mean, DJ Moore. Now, McCaffrey last year was not good against Tampa Bay. You know, no. he, he he had – I know he scored a touchdown uh, rushing and a touchdown receiving. Uh, so he had two touchdowns in the two games. I think he had just over 100 yards rushing. And I think he had like eight catches for 100 yards receiving. So, you know, he did get – you know, he was playable, but he did not have the typical Christian McCaffrey type of game. And if he's not going to see the – receiving that he saw last year McCaffrey this could be a tough week for McCaffrey yeah I have met 
at eight, and that's the lowest I've had him since week two of last season. You know what I mean, and I I, I want to say it was like five. <laughs> yeah, I, mean? I so got him I, at five, and I'm not even comfortable with that, honestly. Yeah, I I mean I got him at eight. This this run defense is no joke. You know what I mean? This is this is a very serious run Tampa Bay defense. Um, you know, if you watch what Alvin Kamara did last week, he didn't do anything. Like he had the receiving touchdown. Um, and you know, he got he didn't get in on the the running touchdown at the end of the game, but you know, running wise, he did nothing. And I, you know, I think that the New Orleans Saints offensive line is much better than the Carolina Panthers offensive line. So, you know, to me, this is a situation where, you know, Christian McCaffrey, if you've been riding the 30-point Christian McCaffrey train, I think this might be where, you know, it comes to a, I don't want to say screeching halt, but, you know, don't be surprised if he gets you like 14, 15 points this week. Yeah. Uh, what about DJ Moore? Um, you know, obviously last week it seemed like Robbie Anderson, you know, DJ Moore got more targets, I think, than Robbie Anderson did. But, you know, Robbie Anderson was obviously more effective. Um, any concerns about DJ Moore? Or do you just think it was one off game and he'll be good to, you know, he'll be back to normal, you know, making more use of his targets this week? Yeah. Um, this team did limit Michael Thomas last week. Uh, but they kind of, I think they got bailed out a little bit with, you know, Tom Brady throwing the two interceptions, them getting really good field position. They didn't really have to use Michael Thomas all that much. Um, he only had five targets in the game. Uh, I don't think this is the same good scenario for the Carolina Panthers. I think that this Tampa Bay team, you know, comes in for blood and, you know, really starts trying to hammer this Carolina Panthers team. So I see a lot more targets for DJ than we saw from Mike Thomas last week. So I, th- I could see DJ having, you know, a, a bounce back game. But the rest of the wide receivers, I'm not really all that interested in. You know what I mean? Uh, Robbie Anderson had a good game, but if he didn't have that 60-yard touchdown, he would have been bad. And then Curtis Samuels, you know, he also had eight targets, but he, he wasn't all that great either. So uh, it was a situation where, I don't know, I just feel, I just feel like uh, – you know, I I only want to start DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey in this game. All right, so we move on to the first four o'clock game, Washington and Arizona. All right, so I talked to you guys yesterday. I think Kyler Murray is in for a good week. Um, I have him in number two. Um, the reason I think that is because of like I said, like I said yesterday, I just see him running away from that line much like he did the way with San Fran yesterday or I'm sorry last Sunday you know San Fran kept getting in there Kyler Murray was too quick got away and what round up wound up running for almost 100 yards he would have been over 100 yards if it wasn't for the two kneel downs so you know to me I could see more of the same with DeAndre Hopkins getting a, a boatload of targets the way he did last last game. I don't think there's anybody that can stop him. So to me in this one, I love Kyler Murray, um, and he was very fairly cheap. He was only 6100 on DraftKings, which I was you know ecstatic about. So you know Kyler Murray, you know I have him at number two. I have DeAndre Hopkins as my number three wide receiver. Uh, Kenyon Drake, um, after week one, are you worried about Drake at all? Obviously, he did not have the greatest of games. I think he was bailed out by the touchdown. Um, any concern about Drake in this one? Um, honestly, the way I saw this 
and it's hard to judge really because the Eagles were not with were without um, Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders last week, so you, it's hard to judge how this run defense was. They were stifling against the Eagles last week, but you know I really can't put a strong judgment on that. So what I what I will say is, uh, you know, this front line is very very good. John Bostic, I think, is just an okay linebacker. You know what I mean? I don't think he's like anything special. Uh, Kevin Pierre Lewis, Sean Dion Hamilton. You know, I, I'm. You know, to me, I'm not sure about those two guys. Um, you know, if Thomas Davis was healthy and starting in this game, then I would. You know, I would be a little bit more nervous about it. But I think Kenyon Drake is going to be utilized in this offense. You know, he's going to have games, and we said it to you guys last year, like he had games where he went off, and then he had games where he had like 13, 14 touches and really didn't do much. So I didn't expect Kenyon Drake to be good every single week. Um, you know, I think it's kind of some games he's going to be real good and some games he's not going to be real good. So I think this is a, a in-betweener for me. I'm starting him, but I don't, I don't feel super confident in it, and I don't feel like you should be benching him either. All right. Um, how about any of the other Arizona Cardinals? Chase Edmonds, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald. No play, right? For no, none of those guys. yeah, no, I can't start any of these guys. I, you know I, mean? I would Kyle... definitely pick me if if Chase Edmonds is on your waiver wire, though. He's definitely a pickup because of something does happen to Drake. Oh you yeah, know? yeah, he needs to be owned. Period. Yeah. We said that before the season even started. Like he needs 100%. to be on your team. You know, even if you don't have Kenyon Drake, you know, Edmonds should be one of your last picks in your draft to get him on your bench. You know what I mean? Because he could be relevant. He was relevant last week. So, you know, I, I can't trust him to put him in my flex or anything like that. You know, if I'm decimated by injury, then, you know, I would do it. But, you know, if I'm, you know, if I have better options, I'm going to do that. But Kyler Murray, you know, to me is a stone cold lock because yeah. that's the thing. Like this team got to, they got to Carson Wentz last week. But even if you get to Kyler Murray, like he has that Russell Wilson like ability and I'm sorry to say it, but he's way faster than Russ. I mean, like he can make all those little plays that Russ does and run around the backfield and, you know, keeping his eyes downfield and doing all that stuff. But if he decides he wants to take off, I don't care who the defense is. I don't care how fast you're running. I mean, how fast your defensive lineman in. They ain't running a four, three. (laughs) I mean, so from the Washington side of the ball, I th- I like McLaurin this week. I have McLaurin at 16. I think that McLaurin is going to, you know, even last week, you know, he saw Darius Slay, um, didn't have the greatest of game, but, you know, was fairly good. I think it was like five for 50 something, something like mm-hmm. that. I mean, that's what you're going to get when a, when a, when a good wide receiver goes up against a good, you know, cornerback. I'm not saying McLaurin's, you know, somebody of the level of Hopkins or, or Julio, but you know, he's a very good wide receiver and Darius Lee is a very good corner. So um, this week, I know Patrick Peterson's out there, but Patrick Peterson's getting a little long in the tooth from what I've been, what I've seen. And, you know, I I think that you know McLaurin's going to use his speed to get the better of him in, in this one. Um, the only other thing I, I you know I see from Washington, I think that Logan Thomas. If you're looking for a tight end, I talked about that. You know, I don't think Arizona's good at the start at stopping the tight end. I think that Kittle just got hurt. If Kittle didn't get hurt, he would have had a monster game. And I I do think that you can start Antonio Gibson in the in a flex spot if you need to, because I do think that he's going to be he's going to you know, catch some passes, much like we saw Mostert do yet uh, last last week. Yep. All right, so 
uh, this is the, I guess this is the game of the week, <laughs> uh, Baltimore and Houston. Um, so in this one, obviously both of these quarterbacks are, you know, stone cold lock starts. Um, you know, obviously we're a little more worried about Deshaun Watson, uh, but you're always going to start Deshaun Watson. You spend fifth round draft pick on a quarterback, sixth round draft pick on a quarterback. You're not getting him out of your lineup. Um, David Johnson uh, is a starter pretty much every week, in my opinion, at this point, from what we saw after week one. Um, you know, it might be a little tough sledding for him. I think Steve's a little higher on him than I am this week, but I still have him at 19. He is definitely a, at least a running back, too, for me. Um, and. Uh, you know, the receivers I'm a little more concerned about. I have Will Fuller at 29 and that would, you know, he would potentially be a flex, but I'm, if I could find other, another direction to go, I definitely would. Um, so really the only guys I'd feel comfortable starting would be Watson and, um, David Johnson. Yep. I agree. From on the side. Texan side of the ball. Yeah, I agree on that. And I mean, I, <sighs> I have a feeling that the Texans are going to be able to stay in this game uh, because they're home. Uh, you know, last year when they played this team, they were in Baltimore and they got boat raced and they just, you know, had no answers. But they have seen this offense, you know, before. They have the game tape of what this offense tried to do to them last year. And now they have the home field advantage. So I think they will figure out a way to slow this offense and a way to try to score some points in this game. I still think that the the Ravens win this game by you know pretty pretty you know by at least a touchdown, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they find little ways to get you know Will Fuller deep, give him some shots, you know get you know if Brandon Cooks is fully healthy, which we you know he's still questionable, so we don't know if he's going to be fully healthy, but I think they are going to try to find ways to get him the ball, and I think both these tight ends you know Darren Fells and Akins are going to be used. Uh, as first down getters because they need to get first downs against this you know Ravens team to keep that offense off the field because that's what happened to them last year they kept going three and out and they kept giving the ball back to the Ravens and the Ravens boat raced them so if they want that not to happen they need to figure out a way to get you know more first downs and grind some stuff out so you know like I said I like David Johnson this week because I do think you know he's going to be super involved in the running and passing game yep I have uh, Mark Ingram at 23. Um, you know, I think he bounces back this week. He still led the team in, t- in carries last week, and I think they just got out to such a huge lead. It was like, you know, Mark Ingram's, what, 30, 31 years old now, I think. You know, just let him get his little rest. But if if what Steve says is true and this is a closer game, I think Mark Ingram is going to see it, you know, a lot more work than 10 carries. And I do think that he gets into the end zone this week. Um, JK Dobbins, I have him at 36, but you know, so you probably have better options as at your flex. Um, and Hollywood Brown, I have at, uh, 28. So he's a potential flex, but, and, and I actually like Hollywood Brown in, in this week. if you want to, you know, put him in your flex last week was what five for one Oh one. Um, I, I just don't like anything about the Texans secondary. And so I think, I do think that, you know, Hollywood will, you know, be able to sneak past him. Maybe he has a long touchdown and obviously Mark Andrews, I have been number two. He's, he's a monster start this week. Yep. I have the same. I have Mark Andrews at two. I have Marquise Brown at 29. I have Mark Ingram 
uh, I think a little bit higher than you do, Kev. I have Mark Ingram at 15. So, um, you know, for me, and I actually have Deshaun Watson at eight um, because, like I said, I think he is going to find a way to keep this game close, whether he has to use his legs to, you know, score some points or whatever he has to do. I think he's going to try to do it this week to, uh, you know, keep this game close. And, you know, this is – I don't want to say it's a must win, but you go 0-2 and, you know, the odds are not of you getting in the playoffs are not very good. So I think the Texans are going to treat this as a, a must-win game against a team that they – you know, got boat raced by last year. And I, I, you know, I think, I think there is some sneaky potential, uh, in a lot of these players. Um, like Kev said with Marquise Brown, you know what I mean? He's always, you know, he's always dangerous for a long touchdown. And, you know, in your flex spot, if you, this is, I try not to start Marquise, uh, you know, if I have a safer option, yeah. exactly. <laughs> if I have a safer option, somebody that I know can get me 10, but in a situation like we had on Thursday where you have like a Nick Chubb who went for 30 plus fantasy points or you have a, a you know Kareem Hunt who went for like 20 something fantasy points almost I think just 20 or a little bit over 20 um you know you might have teams that have both those guys cuz they drafted them cuz they you know were high on Cleveland's running game and wanted both those guys so if you're in a big deficit I would definitely consider starting Marquise Brown hoping that he has one of those huge blow up games uh but you know for the rest of the team it's just the same guys you always start Jackson you know Ingram I'm obviously higher on than than most um you Where know, do you have JK Dobbins ranked? I have JK at 30 so inside my wide running back threes. Uh, and that's just because potential. yeah, potential flex. And that to me, that's more because I think if this does become a boat race situation, you know, JK has upside. So, you know, that's why I have him at 30, but um, you know, for me, it's, it's basically the guys that we talked about and that's really it. All right. So, uh, Anything wow, else? We got that one done with 15 seconds left, dog. <laughs> I was going to say, wow. I, I was, um, yeah, there's not really much to add to that game. We can just kind of count down three, two, one. There it is. <laughs> there it All is. right. So, um, next game is the Chiefs and the Chargers. So, uh, in this one, I think it's time you sit Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if you want to start him this week. Yeah, uh, yeah just right behind <laughs> Pat. All day long. Yeah, I I do think that that I do think that the Chargers secondary is good, so I do think that they'll be able to do a little something. But I think that Travis Kelsey is going to eat in this game, so Mahomes is still going to be highly relevant as he always is. You're never taking him out of your lineup. Uh, Ceh, I have it at ten. After what we saw last week, you know how can you not have him? You know, rank that high. Uh, you know, Tyreek Hill, I have at number four. Um, him, I'm a little bit more of a tempering expectations, but because I do like the secondary, but at the same time, you know, I, is, this offense is is just so good. Um, so I, I outside of that, like the, from the Kansas City side of the ball, that's pretty much it, you know, for me. Mahomes, uh, Ceh, uh, Hill, and and Kelsey. Um, I'm probably not – I don't feel comfortable starting Sammy Watkins. We saw him do this last year, um, had a great week one, and then after week one, you know, fizzled out. And one, th- one thing I will say to go – to counter my point, <laughs> to counter my own point, is that Sammy Watkins after week one last year was their number one wide receiver. 
which he is not this year. They have Tyreek Hill. So his the attention will be drawn is still drawn away from from Sammy Watkins, which I think makes him a little more relevant. But like I said, I'm still not starting him. We saw what we saw him have blow up weeks and then disappear last year. And Hardman, Robinson, neither one of those guys were, you know, start worthy. Yeah. So I actually just started looking at some of the box scores from the Broncos and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Chargers and Chiefs or Broncos? No, Broncos. And the reason I say that is because the Chargers now have Chris Harris. Harris. Um, So Chris Harris is actually one of the guys that kind of – he doesn't completely shadow Tariq. Uh, but I do believe in this game he he does um, because uh, he actually has a really good track record against Tyreek Hill. He's actually been able to, you know, hold Tyreek in check. Uh, last year he had a – Tyreek Hill had a 57-yard touchdown uh, in one of their games, uh, but that actually was not on Chris Harris because I actually looked it up. Um, I cannot remember the name of the corner it was, but I actually watched the touchdown today to see what it was, and it was not on Chris Harris. Chris Harris was not covering him on that play. So I think that Chris Harris is able to contain Tyreek Hill. So Tyreek Hill is not actually one of my favorite starts this week. I actually uh, have moved him down in my ranks, and that'll be up uh, tonight because I still have to do my my kickers and I mean my uh, running backs because I did you know wide receivers first which I normally never do, but I was interested in the wide receivers. So, um, yeah, Sammy Watkins to me is a guy that I'm not really, you know, interested in starting because like Kev said last year, he was bonkers week one bonker, you know, next week two, he was, you know, just okay. And then he was horrible the rest of the season and he's going to have Casey Hayward on him. So I really want nothing to do with that. Uh, and the one guy that I do think could get a little bit of love in this game is Demarcus Robinson. Cause if you watched the game last week, he was, you know, getting some targets. So if he starts getting some targets, I could see Demarcus Robinson being one of those guys that scores a long touchdown because Tyreek is being bottled up and Sammy's being bottled up. And, you know, Miko Hardman is, you know, not being used as much as, you know, those other guys. So, you know, that's for the Kansas city side of the ball. Now on the, yeah. You know, on the charger side of the ball, honestly, I don't really want to start anyone except Keenan Allen. Because like I said, Keenan Allen, I think, is a guy that they need to get going in this game because Keenan Allen. You wouldn't start Eckler? No, yeah. Obviously, (laughs) you're starting Eckler every week. You drafted Eckler as a starter. (laughs) But I'm saying like guys that I want to start. Henry? Yeah, no. Henry, definitely. Henry is, you know. Yeah. I mean, but Mike Williams, I'm not, not really interested in. Um, you know, Keenan Allen, like I said, they need to get first downs in this game to keep that offense off the field. And Keenan Allen is one of the best first down getters in the whole league. Uh, Austin Eckler's, I think they're going to use a heavy dose of Austin Eckler. Also, uh, Justin Jacks, I mean, uh, Joshua Kelly. Um, you know, I think they're both of those guys are going to get some play until, unless it becomes a boat race situation. And then, you know what I mean? Those guys are going to basically be irrelevant because Tyrod doesn't pass to the running back. So, so with that being said, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry are my two guys that I'm like super confident in in this game. And then Austin Eckler um, and Joshua Kelly are two guys that, you know, are I'm not excited about starting Eckler. Um, but, you know, if if they can keep it close, Eckler could have a really good game. So, you know, I think it just all depends on how close this game can be. 
Yeah. All right. So here you go. Uh, J.K. Dobbins or Josh Kelly? Uh, I think. Which, which one do you have ranked the, higher? I'll tell you right now. That is probably very close for me. I literally have J.K. Dobbins, Dobbins one spot higher than Josh Kelly. I have J.K. I have at Josh 36. Kelly two spots Kelly at, higher. Okay. Yeah, I have Josh Kelly at 28, and I have J.K. at 30. Okay. So, yeah, uh, that that's that's actually a good good rookie combo, you know, ro- good rookie, uh, you know, comparison to look at. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously you're starting Eckler. Um, you're starting uh, – you know, Keenan Allen, if you have him, I mean, hopefully we see a little bit better game than we saw the other day. Uh, hopefully they try to get him the ball a little bit more. Um, and then, you know, you're you're starting Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry looked like he was just going to be ultra-targeted. I do, you know, the Texans were able to move the ball to tight end. I don't know if they throw the Honey Badger on uh, on uh, Hunter Henry just to kind of slow him down a little bit, seeing what, you know, thing that he was highly used in in the first game and that you know the, and that that was kind of a weakness that they showed so but Hunter Henry's still a start um and obviously you know looking at you know I don't have Josh Kelly as a really as a flex I think he'll have better options but Steve has Josh Kelly at 28 he's you know he sees Josh Kelly as a potential flex I really like what I saw I'm telling you like I really think that kid's going to be good so do I and I and like I said, I don't think this is going to be a boat situ- a boat race situation. I do think that the Chargers keep it close. Yep. All right. So now we move on to the Sunday night game: New England and Seattle. All right. So in this one, how confident are you in Russell Wilson? You know, obviously you're still starting him. I'm not saying take him out of your lineups, but with his defense, uh, or with it, you know, with Stephon Gilmore out there, does that scare you at all? Nope. Nope. I love Russ this week. <laughs> no, doesn't scare me at all. I have Russ at Dude, I, a Russell Wilson in in prime time. Oh, yes, awesome. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I have Russell Wilson at four. I have him behind Dak Prescott because he's playing the Atlanta Falcons. I have him behind Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, and I have him behind Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. Uh, I have him at five. Yeah, I have him at four. I have no issues with starting Russell Wilson in this game. Um, to me, I think that this could actually become a boat race situation. I really think that the the Seahawks are going to go, and you know they're at home. You know what I mean? So to me, this is not like a situation where you know they're playing in Foxborough and they have to worry about you know the Foxborough you know the home field advantage. I think New England's traveling all the way to Seattle and Seattle's putting their big boy pants on and they are going to trash the New, the New England Patriots. I don't even think this is close. I really don't. Like if Cam Newton can't throw the ball in this game like he did last week, he ain't going to run for the way he did last week. That's just not going to happen. So I'm sorry. If that if this team can't put up some points, they might lose by 20. Like I, yeah. to me, and that's not exaggeration because guess what, what happens when you start getting boat raced is you, you don't, they just pin their ears back and come at you from, they're blitzing you. They're do, we saw it in the Kansas city chiefs game. What did what did the Texans have in the second half? Nothing because the Kansas city chiefs just pin their ears back and just 
went went for the kill. And when you start getting boat raced, that's what teams do. And Cam Newton ain't going to be able to run around and do all the things he did last week in a close game against the Miami Dolphins. That was a close game. Guess what? If they can't put up some points in this game, I'm telling you, the Seahawks are going to boat race the New York England Patriots. Yep. I can see that happening. Uh, and because of it, I think that Cam Newton could actually have a good game. You know, he's going to have, he may have to throw a lot in the game a lot. and he may be, he may be running away from guys a lot in the game. So this could be a good game for Cam Newton. I have him at 14, uh, but definitely has the, has the potential of finishing higher. Um, as far as the running back situation for the Patriots, uh, you know, I, James White is the only one I feel comfortable starting right now. I have him at 27. Uh, Sony Michelle was pretty good on what on the carries that he got, but he was very, you know, they did say they were going to slowly work him in with the injury to his knee. And, you know, Rex Burkhead saw a lot of carries. Uh, and I actually thought Rex Burkhead looked good, but you're not starting either one of those guys, in my opinion. You're, you know, James White's the only running back you can start. Obviously, you know, Chris Carson is a start every week if you have him. Um, from the wide receiver position, um, I really, really like Tyler Lockett this week. I think Tyler Lockett has a good week because I do think, like you said, yes, like you said in the wide receiver column, I think that, um, you know, DK Metcalf is going to see Stefan Gilmore, um, and that might be a little bit of an issue for him. And if that's the case, I just think that Tyler Lockett could see 15 targets in this game. So to me, I, I love Tyler Lockett this week. Yep, I agree. I love all Seahawks this week. I, I mean, even DK Metcalf. I mean, the one thing about DK Metcalf that you can't account for is how big this dude is. I don't yeah. care how good of a corner cover corner you are, this dude is humongous. He is massive. So, you know, I mean, you throw him a jump ball and he can just outmuscle you. It is what it is. Like, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're getting a really good punch on the ball, DK Metcalf is just a freak. So I could still see DK having a good game. I don't think he blows up by any stretch. You know, I'm not calling a 100-yard and a touchdown game. But, you know, four or five catches for 50, 60 yards, I definitely think is doable. And I, you know, I'm going to have him in my starting lineup without a question because he could put he could get in the end zone. Um, you know, so I, I, I love the Seahawks. And, and on the other side of the field, you know, the New England Patriots, literally, like Kev said, you know, to me it's Cam because, you know, if you drafted Cam, some a lot of people took him late as their number one quarterback because, you know, he has upside. Uh, and honestly, it's, it's you know, James White and maybe Sony Michelle if, if uh, you know, they say he's going to get more, t- more, more touches. But other than that, I don't want anybody on this team, yeah. like even Edelman. Like, Edelman, yeah, you can't even start Edelman. You can't even start Edelman. So, you know, to me, I you know, unless, unless you know, I just don't see this being a very good game for the Patriots. I think this is a this is a bad matchup for the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, any? Oh, that's can, it. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> uh, New Orleans and Las Vegas. Yeah, I was. That was just actually just some extra credits. <laughs> New Orleans and Las Vegas. Uh, the Monday night game. Uh, it looks like Michael Thomas is actually on track to play. They're saying now, uh, I saw, so that actually helps Drew Brees a lot. Do you think that he'll be effective or more of just a, you know, a, I just um, don't think he plays. Boy. I think it would be dumb to make him play if, if he is hobbled by a high ankle sprain, you know what I mean? Like the one thing that this team can't afford to do is, is lose Michael Thomas for an extended period. You know what I mean? Because we saw last week, they didn't really move the ball all that well. You know, and especially as as good as their as this 
division has gotten, I don't think they can afford to lose Michael Thomas for, you know, as long, you know, an extended period of time. So to me, uh, you know, I would, I would think that they sit him. Uh, but even if they sit him, I don't really see that the, you know, I think they think if they, I think they think they can still beat this Raiders team. I don't think this, even with Michael Thomas sitting, I still don't think that the, the Raiders can stop the firepower that they do have. I mean, like the one guy that I actually am probably going to move up my ranks and is because I didn't really think about this the, until the other day was, you know, Cook. So Cook Jared was an old, Cook. yeah, he was an old Raider. You know what I mean? Like this is the perfect, you know, revenge game scenario with Michael Thomas possibly missing the game. If Michael Thomas misses the game, I'm going to be all over Cook because he is going to, you know, he's going to be heavily targeted. He was heavily targeted last week. He's going to be heavily targeted against the you know, Oakland Raiders or the Las Vegas Raiders, a team that he used to play for that didn't want to give him big money and just let him walk. And he's going to want to smish mash this team. And, you know, without Michael Thomas, I love Cook. So, you know, and I do think that there's nobody on this team that can stop Emmanuel Sanders. And there definitely ain't nobody on this team that can stop, you know, Alvin Kamara. So I still think this is a team that, you know, can put up points against this Raiders defense because I just don't think the Raiders defense is that good. Yep, I totally agree. Um, You know, Drew Brees... Uh, you drafted him to be your starter. I will say I'm a little worried about Drew Brees. He looked really old in the first game. You know, him and Brady both looked they were not very good. But, you know, this Raiders defense is obviously not as good as, you know, um, Tampa Bay. the Tampa Bay defense. Um, Alvin Kamara, we t- you know, we talked about him. You know, he, he has a potential for a huge week uh, against – um, the Raiders, we saw what McCaffrey did, you know, getting into the end zone. And without Thomas there, I think you're going to see Kamara used a whole lot more in the passing game. Um, Cook and Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders is a guy who without, you know, Michael Thomas, you know, we could see a lot of Emmanuel Sanders the, the next, you know, couple weeks. Uh, so, you know, definitely a guy, if you have Emmanuel Sanders, you're going to want to throw him into your starting lineup. Um from the Raiders side of the ball, you know, Josh Jacobs, obviously, you're not touching him. He's never leaving your lineup. Nope. Uh, what is your feeling about Henry Ruggs this week? Um, I didn't like the way Henry Ruggs looked after he came back in the game. Uh, and I can't imagine, you know, they said it was a knee injury, but it looked to me it looked like more like an ankle. Um, so it, to me, it's really hard to, especially at what he excels at, he excels at being fast. So if you're even hobbled a little bit, you know, that can kill your speed. Uh, you know, if you're feeling any pain in your knee or ankle or whatever the hell he hurt, you know, while you're running at full speed, you just can't run at full speed. So, you know, to me, um, I would like him if he was fully healthy. And then, you know, honestly... Like I said, I do think that this for you know this Saints team can put up some points against this Raiders offense or defense, and you know it actually makes me like Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller a little bit more because I do think that you know what we saw last year, week with OJ Howard you know scoring the touchdown and being able to get open you know a little bit more frequently in the middle of the field that it opens up you know for those two guys to be a little bit more target if Henry Ruggs is a little bit slowed. 
So, you know, those are two guys that I, you know, Darren Waller obviously is in your starting lineup every single week. You drafted him as a top five tight end. Uh, but Hunter Henry, I mean, Hunter Renfro is a guy that I do think, you know, sees more targets than he saw last week uh, with rugs being banged up. And Brian Edwards really wasn't involved at all in the offense. He had no, uh, one yeah, target. Yeah, he had one target, one catch, eight yards. So he was just not part of the offense. Maybe they change that this week and he gets a little bit more targets, but I'm not going I'm gonna wait yeah. to see that happen before, you know, I decide I'm gonna, you know, start. I was gonna say Brian Edwards Brian Edwards, if he doesn't do more this week, you're he's he's a drop candidate. Yes, he's all he was already on that list and if he doesn't do more this week, you know, definitely get definitely a drop. Yep. So for me it's Jacobs, Darren Waller and possibly Hunter Renfro if you need a flex. Yeah. Obviously, the tight ends in this game could be very good with Cook and Waller. Um, And that is it. That is it for tonight's podcast. That wraps up the week. Uh, Remember to check us out on the website, www.cheatcodesports.com. That is www.cheatcodesports.com for your articles, rankings, rankings. the cheat codes and our player projections. Um, we will have a special podcast tomorrow, Steve. Yes, we will. All so, right. With one of the analysts from our analyst league, yes. uh, Sarasota shark, uh, is his team name or his, his username in sleeper. <laughs> so, yep. um, you know, we will come on, do a podcast and we are going to be breaking down Joe Burrow and, and Baker or just Joe. Uh, we're going to do Joe. So we're talking. So Joe, we're going to break down Joe Burrow's Thursday night game tape. Yeah, so we're just going to break his game tape down, go over some things we saw. There's going to actually be a lot of plays that, to break down because I think he's more probably going to have – he had over 60 passes. Yes. Um, definitely had some runs. So there's going to be a lot of, lot of tape on Joe Burrow to break down. So that will be a special podcast we'll have for you guys tomorrow. And then, you know, you guys can get ready for Sunday football. Uh, so until next time, peace out, guys. Peace.